Hello and welcome to Logos in Life Community Church, where the revelation of God's Word meets life application, where you have the freedom to worship and serve. If you ever find yourself in Shreveport, Louisiana, we would love for you to join us. But for now, join us for a message that is already in progress. right when we are right. Mm. 
we want a religion that is right when we are wrong. He also says that we do not want a church that moves along with the world. That we want a church that actually moves the world. We can win if we use what God left us. Now I do want to let you know that this is not the story and oftentimes we seem to have the wrong perspective when we're telling the stories of the Bible because we tend to tell them from a, from a, a perspective or a viewpoint of, you know, the, the, the underdog story. And we look at David and Goliath and, and we wrongly teach it as an underdog story because I want to let you know that's our first problem because David and Goliath is not an underdog story and David is not the underdog because how can David be the underdog if God is for him? We are not a defeated people. God has given us all that we need and in the Bible it, it, all, it never shows us when God's people fail doing what God said. It never shows us where his word comes back void. It never shows us where he does not keep his promise. So we cannot walk around with our head down. We can walk around expected to win. We are not a defeated people. Amen. Well, we tend to let the world win, Minister Steve. We let the world win when the church begins to compromise hype over holiness. When we conform to popular than to prophetic. The church begins to lose this battle when we desire shine over service. Mm -hmm. that's right, that's right. The church begins to lose this battle when we begin to judge rather than love. Yeah, all right. We let the world win when we don't use what God left us. The text tells us how to defeat the movements of the world and cause the world to move according to God's plan. We look at Verse 1, it says that we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. And in some texts, it will say that um, we have to deal with their scruples or their weaknesses or their failures. Amen. But Pastor, what did God leave us? This is what God left us. God, number one, God left us each other to serve. See, you thought I was going to say something. No. First, the first, one of the things that God left us many things. He left us the word. He left us his spirit. He left us his promises. But when, while we're doing this inreach, and inreach is more about empowering the people here so we can send you out there. We can't send weak people out there because the world got a bench full of number one draft picks, and we can't send elementary faith people with college-level demons. So God put a plan together, yeah. a form. Uh, if, if this was football, it would be a program. Yeah. So the program he put together, he says, the first thing is you got to use what God left us. And what did he leave us? He left us each other. Yeah. <laughs> he left us each other yeah. to serve. Now, first of all, I want to let you know where it says strong and weak. That's not talking about physically strong or physically weak. That's talking about faithfully strong. And faithfully weak. That means those of us that are now what now, now truth be told, you know I gotta tell the truth. The truth be told, none of us is strong in every area. Faithfully. Okay, see I may be strong at giving, but weak at living. Okay, don't worry about it. 
Which means whatever area I'm strong at, I just got to bear with you and teach you and hold you accountable so you too can grow to be strong. And whatever area I'm weak at, you should be there. Why? Because God left us to each other. Isn't it amazing how beautiful it is that God says, you know what, I'm going to leave you, watch this, you're still in his hands and you're still in Christ, but I'm leaving you responsible for each other. And if we are going to be strong and help the weak, which means all of us, because we have strength and weaknesses, Amen. should be helping somebody and getting help from somebody. Yeah. 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 That's good. I always That's tell good. young preachers when I usually teach a preacher's class that there's three people you need in your life. You need a Paul, a Timothy, and a Barnabas. Paul was somebody that's teaching you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Timothy was the one that's being taught, and Barnabas was the one that's cheering Timothy to keep being taught and to keep teaching. Mm -hmm. All right. So we need these people in our lives, but in order for us to serve each other, we're going to have to take two roads. Mm -hmm. The first road is the hard road. All right. It is the road of patient resistance. Pastor, what do you mean? We got to resist the urge to walk away from people that are yeah. weak in faith. Yeah. We got to resist the urge to judge people that are weak in faith. We got to resist the urge to abandon people that are weak in faith. Let me pause right here and say, if we continue as a church body to walk away from those that are weak, it will be equivalent to a parent walking away from a child. Let me put it to you this way. I ain't ever seen anybody, I ain't, I ain't ever seen, that was bad grandma, good preaching. I haven't seen anyone that looked at that baby and said, how dare you sit there and just drool all over yourself? I dare, you just go use the bathroom on yourself, huh? So, so, so that's what we're doing today? Not knowing that you two were in diapers. Right. Not knowing that you two had to grow. Right. So he's saying that we have to be patient. We have to resist the urge. And that road is hard and patient because we'll look at people that come to this body of Christ and give their life to Christ. But then they'll go home and do the same thing. But then us who are strong judge them instead of carry them. Yeah. How dare you? You mean you're going to come and take communion and then go smoke a blood? You're going to come and take communion and say that you love your relationship with God, but then go cheat on your spouse? Okay, don't worry about it. And then we judge them and we abandon them. That's why this road is hard. It's hard because it's easier to leave. But in order to survive the hard road, there's an altitude and an attitude of the high road we got to go on. Yeah. See, there's two roads we got to travel. We got to travel a high road and a hard road. Yeah, yeah. But isn't it ironic that the high road is built based on how low you can go? All right, all right. The high road is built on humility. Of simply saying, I used to crawl like that. Simply saying, I used to live like that. Simply saying, I didn't get it the first one, two, three, ten, fifty, hundred, two thousand time I heard it. I didn't get it either. And the same way Jesus bared with us, we are to be patient and bear with them. Now, we don't compromise and do what they did, but we stay there and encourage them. Yeah. 
There's two roads. Say the hard road. And then there's a high road. According to the text, it says, we who are strong have an obligation. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. That's good. It's your job. In the Bible, it tells the elders to be there for the young men and the, and the more experienced women to be there for the younger women. But all of us, before we became experienced, we were immature. Before we grew up, we were small. All of us had to grow. Well, you can't be so holy and a super Christian and think that, mm, mm. See, we don't even say words now, Steve. We do this. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. She gonna wear that? Mm. That ain't the same young man he came. That ain't the same young girl he came in here with that. Mm. Well, why are they married and coming to church in two different cars? Mm. <laughs> this is what we do. But we have to have the obligation to travel the hard road to resist being, to resist labeling people, to resist judging people. And the way that we travel that road is by getting on that high road by lowering ourselves in humility. Why? Because it's an obligation. I'm remembering the four men who carried the man of palsy. They figured, this is my obligation. Because if I don't carry him, okay, hello somebody. And, and when you study the actual text, it is, um, I would say it's a picture like of somebody carrying some water out of these oh, shoulders out of place. But I still need this water to move. But it pains out of these to move it. And she's moving a little slow, but she's still trying. Somebody got to come and say, hey, sis, I love you enough. Let me carry this for you until you're strong enough to carry it for yourself. Ah, that's the obligation we have to each other. You think when you hear serving one another, it's well, we got, got to pay their bills. Okay? It's not about that all the time. Sometimes it's about listening to someone That's right. without judgment. That's right. The reason why the Catholics love the confessional is because you can say everything and all the priests say that's sitting in that home is may God bless you. God will take care of you. God will handle this for you. And what they do is after that, they walk out. They don't know who the priest is. They don't know what color the priest is. All they know is this is the place where I went, the church where I went to unload what I'm dealing with. Why? Because we are not a defeated people. Yeah, yeah that's good. First Corinthians 10 and 33 says, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many that they may be saved. Okay, at the end of the verse, it says, and not to please ourselves. Wow. Okay, so first of all, we are obligated to understand that it ain't about you. Okay, how about I put it like this? Yeah. <laughs> we are people pleasers, but we're not, people ple we're not pleasing people. Pastor, what's the difference between being a people pleaser if you say we're not pleasing people? It's about the priority of the pleaser. Yeah. If you're pleasing people first and then hope God is satisfied, that ain't good. Yeah. But if you please God first, 
Whether the people are pleased or not is not an issue. Why? Because I will follow my God in heaven before I follow a man on earth. We are not here to serve man outside of God. We are here to serve God inside of man. So if you want to know, I'm a people pleaser, but I don't please people. I please God, and that should please people. Have I helped anybody yet? Verse 2. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Oh, what did God leave us? God left us each other to serve. And then God left us an assignment to complete. We are to please his neighbor. Why? For his good. Who is your neighbor? Anybody in, in your vicinity that need help? Yeah. Anybody that got a need? Yeah. Hello, somebody. Have you ever prayed that God give me extra so I can find and then put me into the place or into the face of those that have needs so then we can meet the need and I can give you glory? Yeah. No, no, no. We pray that we can get more so we can have more. I need a bigger house. I need more cars. I need more than one bank account. I need stock. I need, I need. But the text says, let each of us please his neighbor. Why? It's for his good. How can you sit there and watch? Your, and I'm going to tell you something about my neighbor. I don't know if he go to church or not. But I ain't going to even call his name. But ever so often, he'll come down and say, Pastor, what's wrong with your yard? <laughs> yeah. He said, because you got a whole lot of four leaf clovers and, you know, they're green. So I figured my yard looks nice because it's green. <laughs> and he said, no, you need some weed and seed. And, 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 and you need to let the, the weed die before they cut your yard because if it's a weed and they cut it, they just spread it. And that's why you got four leaf clovers everywhere. But I said all that to say he would not allow. He knew I was struggling in my yard. So he came down there to help me with my yard. He didn't just gather a van full of people and say, come on, y'all, let's go look at it. Come here, I got to show y'all something. And the reason why he told me that, it was for my good. Wow. It didn't benefit him at all. Amen. And watch this. I'm blessed because it bothered him, but it didn't benefit him. Yeah. It bothered him enough to want to help me, but it didn't benefit him at all to help me. Oh, I wish I could have some folk in here that love God enough that when you see people not doing right, it should bother you. But you should help them in a way that contributes to their good. To build him up. But in Romans 14 and 19, it says this. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. And then he turns around and says in 14 and 23 at the end, for whatever, it says, for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So now he's telling us how to do good. The way he's telling us how to do good is, first of all, you, it got to make peace. Which means you may have to get some forgiveness before you help somebody. You may have to say, you know what? I know we weren't on the same page, but let's tie up that page and make a new page in order to build somebody up. Because how can you build me if me and you got animosity towards one another? How can you build me if I see you as an enemy? At some point, the relationship status has to change. So that's when he says that whatever we do, let's do it in peace. Amen. 
But then in order for it to qualify to be good, it got to come through faith. Yeah. Okay. First of all, if you do something for somebody that don't require faith, there is no way God can be pleased with it. Oh, for without faith, it's impossible to please. That's the text. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. So what you do is, before you help them, you got to know enough scripture to know what God is calling for. And then you stand faithfully to know that if I say it like God told me to say it, if I do it like God told me to do it, I got faith that it's going to work out like God told me it'll work out. So it's almost like when I have a problem with somebody, how does God tell me to handle that? He says, pull your brother to the side where it's just one-on-one. -on -one. See, because truth be told, folks don't act up when it's just one-on-one. -on -one. But, oh, you call them out of the crowd, oh, it's about to get popping. So you pull them to the side, and, and you win your brother there. And if that doesn't win it, you bring in people of good standards and good status that has a relationship with God. And however they handle it, it should create peace. Why? Because that's what the text says it'll do. And I've got faith in how he says it'll do it. So when I do it through faith, I'm pleasing God. When I do it outside of faith, I'm operating in me. And if I'm operating in me, I'm operating in sin. How can we complete the assignment if we are operating in sin? Amen. <laughs> Number one, use what God left us. He left us each other to serve. Number two, he left us an assignment to complete. Well, hold on. Before I go to third scripture, it says to build him up. Do you speak words and do deeds that build people up? Or do you say certain things that tear people down? You know, and see, and we even got smooth now, Miss Lisa. We don't, we don't call your name, and we'll do what I like to call a, a in you window email or in you window social media post. How we'll be talking about you, but we don't use your name, but everybody knows you. Right, right. But did that text build them up? Yeah. And first of all, did God send tell you to send that text? Mm. Next time, before you hit sin. See if God approves it first. Right. See, is it filled with love? Is filled with faith? Is filled with grace? Yeah. Is it filled with gratitude? Does it work out? Now watch this. Not if it makes you feel good. Yeah. But is it good, period? Yeah. See, some people think, well, because it feels good to me, it must be good. No, that's what the um, that's what G.K. Um, Chastman was talking about. We do not want a religion that is right when I'm right. I don't want a religion that agrees with me. I gotta have a religion that I agree with. Number three, for Christ did not please himself. Oh my goodness, for Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, for the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Mm -hmm. Number one, God left us each other to serve. Mm -hmm. God left us an assignment to complete. Mm -hmm. Number three, God left us mm -hmm. an example to follow. Mm -hmm. What greater example than Jesus? And then you can't argue that Jesus don't understand because he came down here and became a man and took more than we could ever took and paid more than we could ever pay and accomplished more than we can ever accomplish and saved more than we will ever save. What better example could we have? Mm 
Jesus had a pleasing nature. He was so pleasing to God that even when he spoke, he says, when you have heard me, you have heard the Father. Yeah. Oh, hello, somebody. He said that it must be the will of the Father, even until the cross, he obeyed God. Why? Because he was will-driven. See, you were, while you worried about what's left for you in the will, he was worried about what was left for him to do in the will. Yeah, yeah. And what's left for him to do in the will had to please God. And I want to tell you right now, church, church, is that we are stronger. We are stronger. Or we, we please God. Or pleasing God is not independence from God. Mm, man. You don't see your strength outside of God. You truly see your strength when you're totally dependent on God. Yeah. So strength is a case of dependence. You're either independent or you're either dependent. And I always say this during tax time. If God had to fill out his W-2, <laughs> will you be listed as a dependent or will God say they think they're grown, they can carry themselves? Oh, that's good. Okay, let me. All right. Jesus came here. To please God. Saving us please God. Stepping away. Watch this. Stepping away from his throne. Now wait, wait, wait. He didn't step away from his power. He didn't step away from being the son of God. He just came off the throne. And came down here with us. Why? Because it pleased God. And I know it pleased God. It, 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 watch this. Because it says, this is my son. Whom I'm. Oh, I wish I went well pleased. Yeah, yeah. This is my son who I'm totally pleased with. In John 8 and 29, it says, and he who sent me is with me, and he has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is Jesus talking. He said, there is nothing that I do that don't please God. Right. Everything I do got to please God. And watch this. And he was even there to please God even at the expense of his own suffering. Look at how far this example for us goes. He says, this is the type of sacrifice that it takes to serve others. When you're willing to, watch this, you may have to go through a little hurt to help somebody. Uh -oh. How about I say it like this? See, sometimes we only give people a ride when, we, when they go in the way we go Okay, that's all right. <laughs> but are you willing to give them a ride? See, because grandma used to say, well, uh, that's kind of out the way. Yeah. But what if out the way helps me? Yeah. What if out the way give you some leverage that you can show me the love of God? Because sometimes out the way pleases God. Yeah. So see, but maybe you will only help me if I'm going that way. What if it costs you a little time where you used to leave in the house at 7 to get the What if you got to leave at 6.30 to come get me? Mm. Jesus left early wow. and came on time and died on time and showed up on time. But you know what? There was nothing he did that was totally out of the way for him. Yeah. <laughs> My God. If we follow his example, we will defeat this world. Yes, I, was, I was telling Steve the other day, well, the world is on a job. Mm -hmm. But how is it the world is not even designed or equipped to win? Why does it look like they're more active than those of us 
who are designed and equipped to win. We are the Goliath in the story. Not the one that died, but the one that's undefeated. We the champion in the story. Why? Because there's a God that's for me. I don't walk, we got to stop walking around, woe is me. No, there is no champion that walk around all alone. No, you're walking around because you know about the power that is in you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. That was the problem Goliath had with David. He showed up to a fight without no faith. Because when you read the scripture, it says that he had a, his um, shield bearer with him. And we know that the shield is the shield of faith. And it says the shield bearer showed up carrying his shield. How are you going to show up to a battle and somebody else carrying your faith? Okay. We are not a defeated people. We have power. We have power. Walk in that power. Jesus. We sing. It's not about us. Yeah. It's about Jesus. Yeah. Watch this. It's not about you. Yeah. It's about Jesus. Now, let me help you. But pastor, you just said it's not about us. Yeah. But it got to be about somebody else. Uh -huh. Right. He's talking about praise and honor and surrender and worship. It's not about us. Yeah. And watch this. And even our service goes to people, but it's not about us. Our service is designed to show people Jesus. Yeah. Our service is designed for people to say, you saved them. Yeah. <laughs> I know they accuse you of being a, a doctor or accuse you of being a, a lawyer or, or in the military or right. Steve from State Farm. See, or they, they accuse you, but have they ever accused you of being a Christian? Mm When Thomas doubted, Jesus didn't abandon him. Yeah. When Peter betrayed him, I mean denied him three times, Jesus didn't abandon him. All right. Thank you, Let us treat people like Jesus treats people. Yeah. All right. Let us forgive people as many times as Jesus. I tell you what, you can stop forgiving people when you can calculate how many times Jesus had to forgive you. Come on now. Come on. I give you permission. That's good. It's going to take you a while, though. We got and people, oh, Pastor, that's not logical. You better get that world out your head. We are not a defeated people. Yeah. Amen. Now. That's good. But we got to use what God left us. Thank you. He left us each other to serve. Yes. He left us an assignment to complete. He left us a perfect. See, because some examples, and, and I'm going to use Brother Harold real quick. The wrong two people. To put something together <laughs> is me and Brother <laughs> But if you order something and you want us to put it together, make sure it got a picture. <laughs> because we may not get around <laughs> to the instructions. <laughs> and Harold said, Pass, pass, pass. Just set the box up so we can see. And the whole time, we got instructions. But we looking at the picture. 
example. But the instructions give the uh, give the um, details on how to be the example. Here for your next point. God left us instructions to obey. Isn't it amazing that we treat our, our spiritual faith just like we put together a cabinet? We say, well, okay, I know it got to be two long pieces on the side, three short pieces in the middle, and little stuff you can sit up there and nail this thing on the back. People don't, I shouldn't have to read that. But then you wonder, like, what, what, what board ache, where that come from? And why they send it for extra? Why it's leaning? Why the doors don't close like they messed, now watch this. And before we resort to the instructions, we say the manufacturer messed this up. But if we take time to just use the picture of what the instructions is supposed to bring us to. Oh, hello. Pastor, what does the text say? Verse 4 says, For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instructions that through endurance and through the encouragement, watch this. Of the scriptures yeah. that you might have hope. And, and you know what? Before I get dive, dive deep into that, I, I left off something on my last point where it says, For the reproaches, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Watch this. That word reproach means a disapproval. Mm-hmm. He's saying that for all that disapproved for you and that treated you wrongly, I took responsibility for. Oh. Mm-hmm. He says, I didn't let that stop me from being your example. Oh, yeah, that's good. Are you willing to look a certain way in order to be an example? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for taking me back. And he says, and I know you saw the picture of Jesus. But I, I need you to read some details. And, and I, and I want to say this to my people that's like me that don't like to read. I learned that there is a very important to read. But then I used to say, why read when there's a movie? <laughs> what will normally take me six, seven days to read, it'll take me an hour and 46 minutes and $22. I can go to the movie, eat some popcorn, everything. Give me a drink, sneak me some ribs and all that good stuff. <laughs> but everybody that read the movie, that read the book, always say, oh, they missed something. Or always say, the right, they skip that part. Or they say the book. But not in this case. The book is just as good as the movie. Oh my goodness. The book is just as good as the example. The instructions have to be the same and they have to be as good if they're going to equal up to who Jesus is. I hope I'm hitting somebody. That's good. That's good. Yeah. But this is my challenge. This is my challenge. He left us instructions to obey, right? He says that what was written in the former days. So I'm thinking about the former days. Not only does it mean that the Bible was good back then, and just as good and fresh and sufficient as it was for them back then. It is still sufficient. Watch this. And it's so old. How, how can it be so old and never get stale? How can it be so old but still be so fresh? No. How can it be so old and still be so powerful? You know how? Because it's God. Woo! We serve a God that is able. And I also want to tell you this. That's in this book that faithful people that truly believe. 
believed in God, spoke words and put hands on folks and the sick became healed and the blind became seeing. Why can we not do this today? We are not a defeated people. But we got to believe it. Just because you haven't seen it don't mean it ain't true. That's why it takes faith. The word was true then, and it's still true now. And, 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 and can I say this to you? And long after you're gone, it's still going to be true. All right. That's right. That's good. That's good. But how do I operate in this word? First of all, it says faith cometh by hearing. hearing. But then it don't just say faith come because you can hear. No, it says faith come because of what you hear. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing, oh, I wish I wasn't even here. Look at what we have. First of all, we got to faithfully receive this word. Amen? So if that same word that will never fail, then that same word that can make man clean, Proverbs 30 and 5 says, every word of God proves to be true. Every word of God. It even says that God, that was never a promise that God didn't keep. Amen. He even says that my word will go out and achieve all that he sent it out yes. to achieve. And what we got to do is be faithful enough to what he wants to happen from his word. Yes. Yes. Oh, now watch this. We don't have to write it. We just got to hear it. Then we got to do it. And then we got to share it. Yes. But I want you to know that there are some treasures located in your instructions. What are the treasures? Endurance. What are the treasures? Encouragement. And once that endurance and that encouragement shake hands, it will produce hope. Yeah. Okay. The scripture, Deuteronomy 31.8 says this. It is the Lord who goes before you. Now this is encouraging. That the Lord goes before. See, when you get to work and you're walking down that hallway and you know that person down there going to push your buttons, you got to remember Deuteronomy 31 and 8, that it is the Lord that goes before me, that he will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Oh, that's why I can walk in courage. Why? Because he goes before me. He ain't gonna, he's not going to let me walk outside him. So he is going before me. That's why I can be encouraged. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, the steadfast love of God never cease. His mercy never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That is encouraging. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding. What? In the work of the Lord. This is why I can have the encouraged, knowing that in the Lord, your labor, it encourages me. That's why when we stand to read the word, you should be, it's certain words that should make you shout. Yes, Every word should make you, why? Because it's encouraging yes, for the Christian. Yes. <laughs> it was enduring because it says that it'll never end, right? First wow. Peter 1 and 13 says this. Therefore, once you have your minds ready for action, uh-oh, uh-oh. When your mind ready to do and obey what God says, oh my God. and you are clearly thinking, yeah. 
Place your hope completely, oh, watch this, on the grace that will be brought to you when Jesus is revealed. Oh, see, that's that hope. See, hope is what I hold on to right now. Hope is what I hold on to right now, expecting something to happen later. But I'm holding on to it with confidence now because I know it's going to happen later. That's what this hope is. He says that when you got your minds ready for work and you are thinking clearly, place your hope completely on the grace. What grace? Is what happened on Calvary. It's what Jesus did on the cross, knowing that Jesus says he will be back. So I'm holding on to that hope that he will be revealed on the day he's coming back. Hope, the substance of me, faith, the substance of things hoped for, evidence. Things not seen, which means I ain't seen him come back yet, but I'm believing because I know he will. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. But all of that comes from spending time with the instruction. Yeah, okay. He left us his word. And I like in how it says in Timothy, where it says that God's word is inspiration. In the Greek, it's theonoustos, which means God breathed. Which means these are not just the very words of God. This is the very breath of God. Yeah, that when we read it, it is as though we are having an Adam encounter. Because yeah. it says that he made Adam. And then he, okay, don't worry about it. When you read it, it's just God going. He's breathing life and spirit into us. My last point, I'm done. Have I helped anybody yet? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm all over the place, but I'm, I don't know where I'm at on this paper. But we have to use what God left us and don't let the world win. What did God leave us? Oh, but before I get to what, what God left us, say this, I am not a defeated person. I am not a defeated person. But he did not leave me the spirit of fear. But he did not leave me the spirit of fear. Love and sound mind. We got to believe what God says about us. In order for us to be strong for the week, we got to first believe what He says about us. So we got to use, it's with that mentality that I got to use what God left us. And don't let the world win. What did He leave us? He left us each other to serve. He left us an assignment to complete, an example to follow. He left us instructions to obey. And last but not least, he left us goals to achieve. Here we go. Verse 5 and 6, and I'm done. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ Jesus. Listen to this. God gave us goals. Goals to achieve. What is that goal? First of all, he says that we got to have a relationship with the God of the Bible. Right? That's why he says, may the God of endurance. Okay, where did you find that God from in the Bible? That same God that gave you, that helped you be patient through your trial. The same God that matured you through that trial. The same God, that same God that matured you, that endured you, is the same God that encourages you. Yes, yes, Lord. 
And he says, that God. These are the three things we're supposed to do. Amen. Have harmony, unity, and give God glory. Oh, yeah. Pastor, what's the difference between harmony and unity? Glad y'all asked. I'm so smart. <laughs> harmony is being peacefully working together. Right. Where one thing complements the other. Yeah. Yes. Like the praise team. Somebody can't be louder than the other person because they'll stand out. Yes. So they can be singing the same note but different note. Right, right. But it's not until we harmonize. Harmonize simply means they're one voice. Harmonize simply means they're perfectly blended. Harmonize simply means that we have come together on that same purpose to please God and we complement one another while we do it. This is what Jesus is saying. When you go and serve them, when you stand in the gap for them, when you carry something for them, do it with an agenda in mind. My agenda is to have us to peacefully walk together. How can two walk together except they, that's harmony. And then he says, after harmony, it should produce a unity. The difference between harmony and unity, harmony is people working together. Unity is working together as one. Unity goes a little deeper than harmony. Because I'm working together to complement something, but I'm working together because we're one. That's why the Bible says that we are one body. Yeah. One baptism, one faith, one hope, one God, one Christ, one Savior. We are in this one body. And what happens is, is, is when you operate outside the body, you can be moving a little faster than me. That's why it's so important for us to be patient with the weak. Because if we are not patient with the weak, it gives the indication that the body can separate from itself and move further without the rest of the body. And it don't work like that. We are all a part of that same body. That's why there should be no man left behind. That's why we are in region. We're going back to get those that may have gone lost. We're going back to get those that may have given up on themselves, but we're not going to give up. Why? Because we are strong. And then he says, ah, that all this has to be done in accord with Christ Jesus. That together you may with one voice, that's unity, glorify God. Yes. The Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. How do we give God glory? We find that glorify God means to acknowledge his greatness and to give him honor by praising him and worshiping him. Primarily because he and he alone deserves to be honored. Yeah. He deserves the praise. He has a loss. He will not lose. We are called to operate in harmony, remain in unity, yes. and give God glory. I truly know we can defeat the world Hallelujah. if we use what God left us. He left us each other to care for, an assignment to complete, yes. 
a perfect example to follow. And perfect instructions, perfect instructions to obey. And last but not least, a divine goal to achieve. I truly believe in the God of the Bible. But I also believe in the power he left in the people. Hello again, this is Faith. Thank you so much for allowing us to share the word of God with you today. But if you would like to witness a live presentation of the word of God, join us. Sunday mornings at 1045 at the Logos and Life Community Church, 8805 Juwella Avenue, Suite 121 in Shreveport, Louisiana. And again, we say thank you. And we pray that the word you received was a blessing and an enhancement to your life. And may God continue to bless you. This is our prayer.